You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with John Rawls. He is the owner of Kavanaugh Media. John, thanks for being on the show. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, of course. So can you tell us a little bit about your work with ministries and uh, and maybe share what you're particularly excited about lately with what you're doing with Kavanaugh Media? Well, we... We've been in business now for about three years, and we are a pure business's mission, which means pretty much the only clients that I work with are ministry and, and specifically, besides just a couple of exceptions to this of other types of ministries, almost all of them are working overseas in places where the church isn't yet. And so we work with these teams either to train them how to use social media to find seekers and to make Jesus famous or we actually run the ads and develop the campaigns with them and work with them on the translation and all of that. So we specialize in finding the harvest where it's plentiful. And so far, the thing that excites me, to be honest with you, is that every place, every country, uh, at this point, over 73 different countries, we're finding seekers. We're finding people who want to know who Jesus is. They want a Bible. They're willing to share with their family members and with other people. And so in reality, it's it's Luke 10 too. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And that's that's the real burden of where we're at and the work that we do is that it's not a challenge of finding people that are interested who really want to know who Jesus is. We literally are seeing that we need more just people on the ground to to follow up on these spiritual leads, these seekers. And so we we do everything we can to try to help teams f- develop and then implement an end-to-end strategy. So starting with social media paid ads, then having online conversations that then lead to offline face-to-face evangelism and discipleship. So you guys are you guys are legitimately finding that there are incredible opportunities in digital to uh, meet people, have interactions with people, engage with seekers who want to know more about Christ. There's just not enough response to those seekers. Well, there's a tremendous response happening to to this, but I'll give you some some real world numbers. Just in this last month. We have had 9,600 private messages that have come in from people. The m- most of those are people in these different countries, about 78 different countries of, that, of the data I'm looking at right here that we're running ads in. Of those people sending messages, most of them are genuine seekers. You're going to get some people that are hateful that'll send private messages or whatever. But if you set the ads up right, if you do it the right way, if you filter the correct way, we're seeing in every location that people are downloading Bibles, people are sending in messages, and then in real time online, this conversation begins. 
And it's not stopping there. It is moving then offline. It's moving to face-to-face. And we're seeing people being saved, being baptized all around the world. And so it's the reality of that is that the challenge is not funds. It's not the ad spend. It's not the digital though there's challenges in those, it is that we Mm -hmm. can simply outgrow the infrastructure in a lot of these places to be able to handle the amount of seekers that are there. And so that's a great problem to have. And we just echo Jesus's prayer that we pray for more workers for the harvest. Mm. That's incredible. Can you share a little bit about your background in digital marketing? Well, I did my graduate work at the University of Missouri in Columbia and in the field of communication and taught speech and preaching, worked at a Bible college until my family and I became team leaders of a team in Taiwan. So five other families, four other families and ourselves doing church planning work over there. And I also had a business there during that time as well. And that's the first time I really began to see the power of digital even just of online, uh, online and, and social media is I'm ex-military and it is a force multiplier. And so 24 seven around the world targeted very specific types of ads to very specific types of demographics of people that's working just every day, 24 seven. And so in the business that I was doing and the church planning work, I began to see the effects of that. And then we came off the mission field About five years ago, and I was the vice president of communication at a mission organization, and we utilized social media marketing there to find more missionaries and workers to raise support, do all of that. And then I got my cancer diagnosis about three years ago, and that was the driver for me to start this business, to try to make a covenant with the Lord that we were going to use every skill we had in every way possible to make his son famous in every part of the world. And so Mm. as we've continued to do this, we work with right now about 13 different mission organizations, 70 plus different countries, hundreds of different pages and teams. Because we're not tied to one, we're able to aggregate and bring all of that data in to one picture. And so we're able to see what God is doing around the world, but it also really sharpens our marketing as well. So we can see themes We can see types of ads. We can see all sorts of data that somebody just getting started would take them a year, six months to a year to to get to some of this stuff. And so we can really jumpstart that process and partner with the Holy Spirit to what he is already doing in people's lives around the world. That's really cool. Uh, That's an amazing testimony. Now, can you describe what the difference between you've mentioned teams and ministry partners that you are working with, what, how do you differentiate those two? Well, the, the when, and at least the way we look at it, a team, these are my heroes. This is similar to what we were working on a field, living there, potentially trying to, you know, raise your kids. It's third culture kids. You're, you're trying to mm-hmm. learn the language. You're, you're trying to navigate life. They're just, they're, they're embedded in these locations. They're taking the time to learn the language, to love on the people, to be good news to the people where they live. And then they're a part usually of a mission organization, a sending organization or a media organization uh, that's, you know, that's using 
Christian content to reach out or whatever. And so the mission teams are really, they're the tip of the spear. They, they are the people who are willing to meet with these seekers then face to face. And so there's risk involved. There's, there's one team specifically that I work with where every one of them has written a letter that is explaining why they died for their faith and for to make Jesus famous. And none of them mm. so far have died, but they wanted to write that letter in advance so that the media, no one else could spin, you know, these poor people of what happened to them. They know the cost, they're willing to do it. And so these church planning types of teams, these mission teams are many times, you know, just a couple families. It could be a little larger, but they're just people who love Jesus and are, are trying to make him famous. Mm, that's really cool. Um, I want to shift a little bit. What is, uh, what is your guys' discipleship philosophy, if you haven't? Like, what discipleship strategies are you using, teaching, uh, engaging with in your work? It, you know, right. there's so many out there. What yeah. is there a direction that you kind of tend to go, or do you leave it up to the teams that are already on the ground? What does that kind of look like? Well, we always want to be field driven. So the team on the ground is going to know the people they're trying to reach better than we could ever do that. And so when it's security, when it's messaging, when it's translation, obviously they're making all those decisions, working with us on it. But there is a strategy because we're trying to do end to end. We're not, we're just not satisfied with vanity metrics. So I really don't care how many people like your Facebook page because Mm -hmm. organically, most of them aren't going to see your content. And I don't really care how many people click like to something to a post or whatever else. I, I use this analogy. A lot of times it's it's like if I own a coffee shop and people come in and, and they're listening to the bluegrass music and they're, they're buying t-shirts or whatever else, but they don't buy my coffee. I'm not going to stay in business very long. And right. so our, our business is to find people who are seeking and get them in touch with people who will not only evangelize them, but will disciple them so that they in turn can disciple others. So 2 Timothy 2, 2. So for us, working with some really great teams, there are a couple tools specifically that we have used and continue to use. We utilize social media. So predominantly Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We also do Google ads and I've I've done all sorts of other ones, Twitter, you name it. But the biggest ad spend is on the Facebook, Instagram and or Google side. Once a person responds, the even the media itself begins to plant those seeds of discipleship. So through the questions that we ask, the content that we share with them, and then that online correspondence begins to plant the seeds of movements, of groups of people, of asking questions like, who else would want to read this Bible with you? Do you know of some other people who would want to meet with us to, to discuss this or, or whatever it might be? So we're planting the seeds of a disciple-making movement right there, right in the very beginning part of that funnel, if you would. Then we utilize software. A lot of times, one of them is software called Disciple Tools. If you, the website for it literally is just disciple.tools, and it is a discipleship CRM so that we can chart and see where a person is, the correspondence that's going on online in the social media channel, all the way through to when they move offline. And we can see these spiritual markers of where they are. We can see where if groups have been formed and simple churches, we can see if these churches are growing. So we're able even to generationally map where these groups and this movement is at in its process. And then another tool that we use is 
uh, video series. It was developed with a guy named Curtis Sargent, who is a, a tremendous discipleship trainer. Uh, there's a lot of people that have written books who have actually been trained by him. And the it's called Zume, Z-U-M-E. And the website for that is Zume, Z-U-M-E dot training. And it's 10 series, about two hours each, just teaching people how to grow in their faith, how to share their faith, how to to be a disciple, not only worth reproducing, but one who is reproducing other disciples. And it's been translated now. It They're moving towards 40 languages that they use. Oh, wow. So I, kn- I know the people who have created both of these tools intimately. M- one of my sons has worked with them. I work with them. And so I use their stuff a lot. But th- the key there regardless of what software or what media they use, is that we want to keep that process going. We don't want to stop with a person clicking a button or praying a prayer or something like that. We want to meet with them offline, face-to-face, and equip them. Uh, Many times it's local, other background believers meeting with them who are sharing, evangelizing, and discipling them. And that's how a movement begins, is one person coming to faith, sharing that hope that's within them with others, using very simple, reproducible tools. And we're seeing thousands of people who are responding to, in that kind of flow or that funnel. So you, so when you guys engage with somebody online, you're as quickly as possible moving from initial digital engagement to trying to get to them to a face-to-face engagement with somebody as quickly as possible. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, I think I think that's correct. I mean, it depends. There's certain countries that there's tremendous risk. Or let's say they, they just don't have enough people to do face-to-face meetings with the amount of people that are messaging them. So at that point, you're going to leave them online. You can give them obedient steps, different things to read from scripture. You can, you know, you can be discipling and evangelizing them still online there. Uh-huh. Uh, and one of the key, I, I guess, security parts of that would be if you, once a person sends a private message, you can see their profile, especially on Facebook and, and in that arena, you can yeah. start to see if they've got, you know, ISIS or dash flags up on their page or whatever. Yeah. Not, not to say that they are, may not be the ones wanting to come to know Jesus, but you can, it gives you a little bit more insight into who it is that you're talking to. And then if at all possible, there's a, a phone call that takes place. There's an introduction. So it would be, you know, Hey, where do you live? Oh, I live in, I live in Madaba, Jordan. Oh, that's great. We we have some friends that live there that are Christians. Would you, would you want to meet them if we could introduce them to you? Oh, yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. Super. Uh, just you know, be expecting a WhatsApp message or be expecting a text message or whatever it might be. Well, still that phone call, that initial conversation, many times is going to be done not face to face, and that just gives these locals a better chance to really hear what that person is saying and. And, and get a better feeling for it. So there is that security process that goes through this. But as a as a just kind of a standard operating procedure, we really encourage people to try to get to that face to face with a person that's that's seeking. If there's a, a genuine interest, if they're wanting to meet or they're wanting the, to get the word of God, we want to get it to them and we want to meet mm-hmm. them face to face. So yeah, we try to go as fast as we can understanding the security concerns and then just the personnel limitations. 
And so Kavanaugh Media does the advertising, the initial promotion of of this ad spend. You you get those seekers, the list of seekers. Are are you the ones? You and your team. I think you mentioned you have a four person team offline, and then various subcontractors. Are is your team doing the follow up, or are you quickly passing those contacts to your teams and national partners in the field? Yeah. So we do a combination of this. We either train teams themselves how to do this. Okay. And so we give them the skill set to get started and then we're still there with them. And so, you know, we can help them not make some of the same mistakes. Uh, they're going to make new mistakes and I love that. And I, I'm going to learn from that. And I share that on my own podcast, but we will train them. Uh, last year I flew over 200 some thousand miles, just working around the world with teams, trying to train them. Whoop. And now my phone's going off. The one thing I didn't have. <laughs> That's okay. All right. No worries. Let's see. Where should I go back to on that? Um, let me just start over. How's that sound? Yeah, that works. Okay. So we do a combination of training teams or doing the work ourselves. And so we work with teams teaching them the skill set of how to use social media, how to create the content, and then provide the training for them to be able to know how to, to do this end-to-end strategy. Or we, we do the ads and then they moderate them. And so we've done a, a combination of both. Last year, I flew over 200,000 miles just around the world working with teams and churches and individuals, teaching them how wow. to do this. And then we also do courses online and the podcast that I do and whatever. That's, that is one thing. If there's a team that has the skill set and the desire to do it, we want to help them be able to do that. If they don't have the desire or the skill set or whatever, then we work with them to create the ads using content that's out there. So Jesus Film or Lumo or the Global Gospel by GMPI or whomever, or even using some of their own content of testimonies or whatever, we set up the ads. We use the data and the experience that we have to get the ads going. And then these teams, they moderate the ads. So they're moderating the comments. If there's hateful comments, we, we tell them to delete those and, and ban those people from your page so that you're not continuing to run ads to people that aren't interested. Uh, uh-huh. We're not blocking the Holy Spirit there. He can still reach them, but we're just you know, right. trying to get the ads in front of the right people. They moderate. They do the online then private messaging with these people with the people who are responding, and they are the ones then who meet people face to face. And so we just set up and run the ads and, and kind of do that part of it in cooperation with them. So that's where the translation and all of that comes into it. Uh, so we kind of gotcha. do a little bit of, a little bit of both. And yeah, there's not, I wouldn't say there's one that we do more than the other. We, we really do a little bit of, of both of those or actually a lot of bit of both of those. Depending on context, depending on, you know, what is successful in one country versus another and so on. Yeah, it just really comes down to the idea of, well, because social media is constantly changing. Right. I spend about an hour a day just just reading of what is going on, what's working, what's not working. I do calls all day long with teams, consulting, looking over their data, what's working, what's not working, which gives us a tremendous insight as to themes and just how the Holy Spirit's working around the world. But when it comes to the technical parts, 
when you start talking about retargeting, retargeting, remarketing, all sorts of little nuances of this or that and policy changes, things that are happening on the technical side, there's some teams that are like, I don't want to know that. I just came to the field to tell people about Jesus. And right. so that, you know, we fill that need for them. And yet there's a lot of other teams who have people who have, who can learn this and who can dedicate themselves to it. And, and there are some tremendously talented, blessed teams that are out there who are seeing results that are far better than any other style of evangelism or outreach they've ever done. And so they're doing it all themselves. And we just do Zoom calls with them every once in a while to answer questions or give them some ideas. Hmm. That's really, that's really cool. That's incredible. Um, can you share, John, some practical steps our, our listeners can take to maybe start taking advantage of social to engage with people online who don't know Christ? Well, yeah, I think there's a few things I guess I could say. Um, one of them from a technical standpoint is just simply put like something like Google Analytics, which is free, on your website. And and really put the put the Facebook pixel, if you don't know what that is, look it up or you can go to our site or whatever. But this just allows you to see what's happening. And it's if you take digital and you put it in the physical world, if somebody walks into your your church building or your business or whatever it might be, you want to engage that person. You want to know where they are and you want to speak to them about what it is of, of that brought them there or what they're doing. So for example, if, if I'm in like a Dick Sporting Goods and I'm looking at golf clubs and the salesman comes up to me and they keep saying, hey, can can I interest you in these kayaks? I'd be like, I, you know, look at me. I'm over here with the golf clubs. And so people <laughs> do that with their with, with their searching, with what they're doing online. And so these tools just allow us to see how many people are coming to our website? Where, what pages are they going to? How much time are they spending? Are they watching our videos? Because a lot of times what ends up happening is, is churches and teams and people put a tremendous amount of money and resources into something that's not actually working. Mm-hmm. And, and they lose track of what it is that a seeker, a person who doesn't know Jesus, the questions that they have. And so that's one. It doesn't cost anything to do it. Just get some of these tools on there. It's the, the data is anonymized. You don't know who that person is specifically, but then you can send ads to them to follow up on it. And, and that's one of those really cool things. And so, man, I hate to say this because it's going to look bad on me, but I'll, I'll I'll give you an example to it, Zach. I I do this almost every year. And so my wife knows this, but I'll go online during like Valentine's Day and I pick out flowers and I pick out the vase that, I, that I'm interested in, that I want her to get. I write out the card telling her how much I love her, all of that. I put it in the cart. I put in my credit card information. And then instead of hitting purchase, I go up and I click the X up there in the tab and I leave the site. And within less than 30 minutes, I get an email with a coupon code saying, hey, come on back and finish this purchase. And so I, <laughs> I, I love my wife, and but I'm also working the system. And I know they're going to do that in the business world, what, what is called cart abandonment. They know I'm there. They know I'm close. And right. so spiritually, we can do the same things. If you knew people were coming to your website and continuing to check out a certain thing, or if they were listening to a certain podcast subject on your podcast or on your site, you could send another piece of data of, of media to them specifically about what it is that they're interested in. 
Now, you don't want to get weird about this and say, hey, I saw you were on our site looking at this, but it's just a way to be able to put next steps of content in front of people. So those Mm -hmm. tools are free. That would be a, a great one. I would also really encourage people to, if they've got a message that that is important, and I think the, the gospel is that, to make it a priority, both budget and time, to get that message out there to whomever their demographic, their audience might be. And so not putting an ad in the local paper around Christmas and Easter, but consistently putting out information that is lifting up Jesus letting people know that you exist, letting people know that what you are about. And I think this is especially important in the COVID world we live in now. And so one of the specific ways churches could do this or ministries could do this is through prayer and offering prayer for people and getting prayers back from people and praying for them uh, visiting on people in your church digitally, checking into them, using tools that are already there. And so, you know, so many ministries have been forced, if they're doing like worship services, to move online. And there's some that I work with that have over 200,000 people a week watching their sermons. And there's one that started with a group of five individuals in this country, and they now have 6,000 people every week participating in Bible studies online. Wow. And so, uh, the, the the ability to do this digitally, uh, no virus can stop that. Mm-hmm. I know it's not the same. I know it's not as good as being able to give somebody a hug or put a hand on their back, but it does allow us to continue to do ministry in really powerful ways and to reach out to them. And I hope we don't lose that whenever that day comes when in person and all of this can, can take place in whatever normal will be in those days. I hope we don't lose these new skill sets that we've learned through it. So I would say understanding what's happening on your website or any content that you're putting out there, making a consistent presence, even if it's just $5 a week, even if it's just promoting to the people who have liked your page so that Mm -hmm. you make sure that everybody sees that message that you have. And then using some of these tools to reach out, to just be a blessing to people. Most of that doesn't cost that much money. And it can be an amazingly powerful tool when leveraged correctly. Yeah, the the social opportunity or the, the opportunities in digital where audience attention is really incredible. And the the value of especially that ad spend is still super low compared to what you're getting versus some of the older uh, marketing techniques that exist. Oh, for sure. And and you know what's happening, at least. I know yeah. how many people have clicked on it, how many people have watched it, whatever it might be. And so that's really, really powerful because, you know, there's an old marketing saying about, you know, I know that half of my marketing is working. The problem is I don't know which half. Well, that, right. that's the old days. Now with digital, we can now really we know. get, we know. we And so we can't hide behind stuff. Like we can see. How many people are actually looking at our content or reading our articles or listening to our podcast or whatever that might be? And we also have the ability to use these tools that don't that aren't limited to you know the end of the day when we're tired. They're just yeah. there. They're, they're constantly out there trying to make Jesus famous. And so, um, you know, to me, like I said earlier, it's a force multiplier. It is unbelievably powerful and worth. To me, it's worth every dollar we can put into it because it it, it mm. is showing results. It's completely 
different paradigm. We have seekers contacting us. I mean, if you think about that, whether that's a church here in the States or if it's a ministry anywhere around the world or a church planning mission team, the older model is, you know, we're, we're going to try to reach out. We're going to have a softball team. We're going to do friendship evangelism. We're going to do these things. And I did every one of those, Zach, living in Taiwan. And yet it, the limiter there was me, what we could do. There was no guarantees that even investing in those groups that they were in long term going to come to faith or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was always us going out trying to find them. And I think we still need to do that. I think we need to be in the communities and need to be reaching out. So I'm not saying to the exclusion of those, but if right. you think about how much money we spend to put people on the mission field or to do churches or to hire staff or or whatever for a lot less money than that and a lot quicker if we're talking overseas, because you don't have to raise another person up and have them raise support and learn the language. Like immediately, you can go from zero to 10,000 people within a mile of your house hearing about Jesus mm. and for not a lot of money. And so to me, it's it's an amazingly powerful tool, but it's going to keep changing. And a lot of the tools and techniques that we can do today may not be here six months or even a year from now. And you know, it's going to force us to constantly get ahead of the curve instead of historically what the church has been, which is lagging behind when at certain parts, at least of how we respond. I mean, we've, we've led with Bible translation and, you know, Gutenberg and those kind of things. Well, that's our point in time again, to be like those times in the past, to get in front of this technology and what's happening. And mm-hmm. I'm encouraged by, it. I, I think as long as we have the internet and as long as we have businesses trying to sell things, then there are skills and tools and techniques that we can use to make Jesus famous and to find those people that the Holy Spirit is calling. And so it's going to change what's working today won't work, you know, potentially in the future, but there's, I think there's going to continue to be these tools that we can use uh, in ministry. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a good segue. You mentioned COVID and, and I was wondering how you guys have been affected and how you've, pivoted or or stayed nimble amidst amidst this pandemic what does that look like for you guys you mentioned you traveled what 200,000 plus miles last year right now that we can't travel how has that affected Kavanaugh media and and the teams that you guys are working with what does um, that kind of look like it has ramped up so much uh, so many people have said oh we can't do what we used to do and they're open to new ideas so for us as a ministry it's been tremendously um, powerful for us of a period of time, because in essence, we already were virtual. So I I just do Zoom calls or Google Meet calls all day long. I use WhatsApp and Signal and Facebook Messenger and Telegram and Slack and Quip and Microsoft Teams and whatever a team is using, we'll use that to communicate (laughs) with them. And so uh, it, I feel like it's been for us an amazing season to help even more people. So there's a stewardship principle, I think, that I'm learning through this this season as well, that at times it's really powerful to sit in a room and have a whiteboard and you know fly there and work with them, especially when it's a brand new team or, or whatever. But maybe it takes two or three Zoom calls. Well, that's a lot cheaper than yeah. what it was to fly halfway around the world. And I'm not in jet lag and I'm, I, I don't really have much of an immune system. So it's keeping me safe. I actually already got COVID. Unfortunately, I, I mean, I, I've oh recovered from it. It was tough and it was brutal. 
uh, but we got through it. But so for us in this season, it's just meant that that the Lord has provided so many more opportunities to do ministry and to work with teams. And so the interest level has gone up. The ad spend has gone up and we're seeing in certain places where, well, in fact, we had one mission leader, uh, David Garrison, who wrote the book Church Planning Movements, who his mission org, Global Gates, I uh, went and trained in New York City right before COVID hit up there, before they got locked down, and trained some of their teams how to use this. That's ground zero. In fact, the one church where this team, one of these teams was working has over 150 different languages spoken just in that that hospital from people in the community. And these teams were, are just doing an amazing job using great content, making sure it's culturally relevant. And mm. he told me that these last five months have been the greatest period of growth for their mission organization in the history of their mission organization. Wow. So, so uh, yes, COVID's terrible. And yes, it's real. And yes, real people are dying. And friends of mine have died. And, and others have not been able to even be in the hospital while their loved one is dying. And so I, I feel the pain of that and I don't want to diminish that, but even mm -hmm. in the midst of that, that pain and that suffering, there's a longing. The Holy spirit is at work and there are tremendous hundreds of thousands of people right now who are seeking to find that hope in their life, to find that answer to the fear that they're, they're feeling and they're going online because that's the only place they can be. And we want to make sure that the answers they see are the ones from us. And so uh, I'll give you one more quick example of this. And, and a country, I can't tell you the name of the country, but it's it's hardcore. Like it's 99.9% .9 not Christian. And in this, we've been running ads. And one of the persons said, this is the quote from them in English translated saying, everywhere I would look, I kept seeing these ads on Facebook and on Google about Jesus. Do you think... He could be trying to reach me. Could this be a miracle? And this person responded to these ads, our ads, and now is talking to people online and face-to-face. -face, and that person then is now sharing their faith. That's what's exciting to me is that's what we want. We want if a person, if the Holy Spirit's working in their life and a person wants to find out who is this person, who's this person in my dream, who's this, this you know, the mm -hmm opposite of what I'm seeing in my religious context of the world that they live in, we want them to know about Jesus. And so uh, COVID for us has just meant a lot more work and a lot more results, to be honest with you. That's really cool. Yeah, I was, I was going to have you share some success stories. So that's, that's a, that was a perfect segue. Now with a, a success story like that, what have you guys done to share those success stories with your audience? Obviously, that one's probably a little bit more difficult because it's a, I'm assuming, a closed door country. But how are you taking some of the success stories you're seeing and communicating that back to your audience? What does that kind of look like? Well, I've spent $25 total marketing my company. So wow. I, I, don't, I don't do that. And so um, since the very first day, uh, we, we just have had people that we knew that we were getting to work with. I do talk about these things and bring people online to the podcast that I do. And, 
Uh, it's called Christian Media Marketing, and it's got over 2,600 people that listen to it each week. And it's like, to me, it would be the most boring podcast if you're not interested in the subject that we're talking about today. But people <laughs> all around the world, uh, and I get messages all the time from people that I don't know who are using this training or hearing these stories or whatever, and 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 hopefully helping them. Because that that's part of that covenant we made with God was to... We just made a, a decision, my wife and I, Lord, if you'll bless this business, we're going to cap our income. We're not in this to, to get rich at all. And in fact, we want to be a blessing and we want to be generous. And so there are people on the mission field and we're their largest supporters. We're, we're really financially allowing them to be where they are to do the work that's so very, very important. And so uh, for us through, through this whole process, it, it's never been about the finances or whatever. And so the podcast, you know, we do that. That's free. Our courses that we do online on our, our website are free. So we try to share these stories the best that we can, understanding the security limitations of, mm -hmm. of all of those. And so, um, yeah, I, I've just never felt the pressure to have to go out there and try to, to generate demand or, or whatever else, you know, when, when one beggar finds bread, they're going to tell other beggars. And in essence, that's what we've, we've gotten is we are able to pull all this together. We're able to hear these stories, but in no way, and I hope you and, and those who listen to this podcast will hear this. It's not truly, it's not us. And it's not even our technical abilities. It's just the Holy spirit. He mm. is at work. We're just trying to find out where he's working and we're trying to partner and do whatever we can with the tools that, that he gives us to use to be able to do that. And so uh, I feel that burden that you're of your question, Zach. I wish there's so many amazing people. Um, most of the countries we work in are closed countries. They're hard, hard countries. And mm. yet the, the gospel is just taking off. I mean, it's exploding around the world. And I wish I could say all the names of all of these different teams of these people, but they are my heroes. And I, I pray for them all the time and I'm honored to work with them. And, you know, we've said from the very beginning, if, if there's a team, if there's a mission team, and they need something, we're going to help them. And it's not an issue of finances. If they come back and say, well, we can't afford to pay you, then I, my negotiation tactic is to say, okay, then, and just keep moving on. Like, I don't care on the finance part of it. I care tremendously to take care of my family because of the cancer part. But at the end of the day, we're going to put our hand to the plow and we're going to do everything we can. And the Lord's going to bless this business or he'll take parts of it away. And either way, he's faithful. And we just want to support these, these heroes, these missionaries and, and church planning teams around the world the best that we possibly can. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited for you guys. Um, Thank you. One last question, John. I okay. think we have time for one more. Can you share, you mentioned a couple, but um, just quickly in passing, can you share some tools or technologies that have been helpful for you guys in, in engaging with potential disciples online? I think it's, it's the thing that the Lord has brought to us is some tremendous partnerships. And so there are some, there's a group that I work with. Uh, the website is uh, media to movements.org. It's a coaching site. And if there's a mission team that wants to, and it needs to be a team that, that wants to utilize these tools, then there's a group of coaches that will work with them from that whole strategy. And, and I get to work with these teams when they get to the marketing part of it. And so I'm, I'm super honored to work with this group. It is one specific mission organization that is 
providing all of this, but they don't limit it to just people in their org. So it's just a tremendous testimony, I think, to to people working together, to simply being Christians and putting our hands together to the plow. Uh, the Visual Story Network by Clyde, who I think has been on your podcast, is yep. is they've got a a training that that they do that Tom and he put on. Fantastic! I, I encourage people to do that. There's a mobile ministry forum by Keith that's out there. There's there's training talking about what it is. This media outreach on kingdom.training is another website. So there's more and more people that are getting to do this. And we just love getting to partner with them and to help as many people as possible. And then I'm also really thankful for three groups who are providing so much for the kingdom when it comes to, to media. I'm thankful for Jesus film and all of the stuff that they do. They're just tremendous people there who, who love Jesus. Uh, the group that, that uh, put together the Lumo film, that's another one we use a lot. And they've been so helpful to work with us, uh, especially in countries where maybe it's not the, the language translation isn't there yet publicly, but maybe they already have it. So there's been tremendous help from them uh, to do that. And then uh, the, a group called GMPI, Good News Productions International out of Joplin, Missouri. And they have a website that they've set up. It's just theglobalgospel.media, which has uh, some of their content, ad ideas, landing page ideas, all of that. And so that's, uh, I just, I'm just so thankful. I really am thankful and blessed to work around tremendously talented people who love Jesus and are using the skill set that they have. And we're trying to do that on the marketing side of it as well and, and help as many people as we can to it. So it's these orgs, these groups are there. And if there's a group, a mission team specifically, that's looking to do uh, outreach around the world and they want to use this, that media to movements.org website would be a great place to get started if it's churches, then the, you know they could come to us or the GMPI group, gmpi.org, um, potentially could help them on some of that. So there's a lot of people and there's more people that are coming on board who have experience. And uh, my biggest, one of my biggest prayer requests is that we don't compete. We just learn to, to work together. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I hope that that's what, when I die here, that people will say that's what John was all about was saying, okay, what's your swim lane? Stay in your swim lane. Do what the Lord's equipped you to do really, really well. Don't worry about your logo. Just work work together. And if all of us in the kingdom can put our hand together to the plow, we can literally finish the task. I think that we could, within just a few years, have no unengaged, no unreached people groups. Now, that doesn't mean the job's done, but we are definitely hastening the Lord's return by doing that. Right. So um, that's my biggest prayer, Zach, is that if the people in the kingdom can work together instead of copying each other and trying to do this or that. Instead, go, where's there, where's a need and where can I fill it? And and to do that together, that's, that's something I think will honor the Lord tremendously. Hmm. That's so good. Well, John, this has been really incredible. Thank you so much. Uh, can I pray for you and Kavanaugh Media? Yeah, that would be fantastic. Thank you. Father, we just lift up John and Kavanaugh Media and his team. I pray that you would just continue to do incredible things through the work that they're doing with uh, missions teams and and ministries all around the world, um, finding 
people that want to know more about you, Father. I pray that you would um, give guidance and clarity and direction for this this amazing ministry, that um, they would just continue to be um, exponentially even more impactful than they already are for you and your for your kingdom and for your glory, Father. Thank you for John's obedience to to partner with you and, and answer your call in his life. And um, yeah, we just pray that you would just continue to do incredible work through uh, Kavanaugh Media and uh, all of their partners that they're working with, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. John, if someone wants to get a hold of you to learn more, how can they do so? Well, they can they can go to our website. That's probably the easiest way to do that. It's spelled K-A-V-A-N-A-H media.com. And they can reach out. There's an about us section where my, it's actually my picture and and there's others of us on the team. So that's this one of them. I, I probably actually need to change that someday. But uh, <laughs> that that's an easy way. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, pretty much wherever. So it's just J-O-N and then Rawls, R-A-L-L-S. So uh, yeah, love to talk to anyone. If we can help them, great. And uh, if not, even just to, to uh, direct them in the right direction, I would be happy to do that. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much again for being on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Take care, Zach. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, If you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.